0: everybody. Welcome to Swedenborg and Life Live. Today we're going to be talking about ghosts, haunted gardens, and edible fear. What mm. more could you possibly want to talk about? My name is Curtis Childs, and here with me is someone who I have no one. I'd rather talk about that stuff with than Dr. Jonathan Rose. Thanks so much for hanging out. Nice grammar, Curtis. <clears throat> yeah, what did I... Was that a semicolon or something? Now, this, um, this time last week, we were on about this show having to do with ghosts. Yeah. It was called Do Ghosts Exist? Look at that fear in the eyes there. And that show was pretty out there. Right? We, we, we were yeah. talking about ghosts and spirits, and you'd think we'd be trying to correct and go like back into the mainstream. Dial so it back a little bit. Yes, and, and somebody you, who you at home may have said you recommended our show to a friend, and like, no, this is cool, they're fun. Oops, that last episode. No, the next one's going to be better. Unfortunately, it's just, we're just going to go deeper. What we want to do here in the live show is expand that conversation, look more into the stuff we couldn't, didn't even have time mm. for in the other one, but hopefully pull some stuff out that makes life better. Yeah. That's the whole point. Right? That's that's it. And that's we're gonna it. do it in with a with a sense of order. We're gonna first we're gonna do the our standard icebreaker. We're gonna ask you guys a question, get your live response, and at the end we'll show it we'll answer the same question just because fair is fair. Seems fair. And yeah. then we're gonna hear more about Swedenborg's encounters with ghosts and spirits. Mm. And what he doesn't of course call them ghosts, but but it matches up. And every time you hear about a Swedenborg encounter, you learn something about what do you wanna call it? Metaphysics. Mm-hmm. There's always a, a, some kind of lesson about the world that he saw That's right. in there. And then we're going to hear from mm. a couple of guests on this topic. We're going to respond to some live questions in a QA and a with the audience. So, I mean, what do we got to lose here? Our jobs. Okay, yeah. let's get ready. We're going to start with the icebreaker now. What's the point of the icebreaker? I'd say... Overall, it's just to avoid any awkward silences. Mm. And to have you at home in the chat room not have those same kind of silences, we want you typing it in. We're going to be compiling those as we sit. And at the end, we'll be hearing. Because we want to know, and we know what we think, but we're still going to you know, tell each other. But we want to know what you think. What, how, how are you guys dealing with the same questions that we're getting? And the question that I've hyped up a lot is this one right here. Have you had a time... When you saw a ghost or felt consciously visited by a spirit, what was it like? Mm. And because we did the last thing, one of our tent poles in the last show, I'm never, like, metaphors are tricky. Like, is is that what people use that for? But was, listen, the reason we're talking about ghosts and spirits is because people are reporting these experiences.
1: Yeah, a lot of people.
0: Right. And, but I wonder, are we part of a lot of people? That's what the question is. Are you part of a lot of people mm-hmm. at home? Um, so I'll open it up with with an answer that's sure not to disappoint. No, I I, I mean I don't think so. I don't think that I've I've never had like a full on I'm seeing a being and there's some stuff that was a little close. There was one time I don't know why I was looking into the kitchen and uh, this was you know many years ago and I was like what is that is that what and i was like mm. it turned out to be nothing but it was uh, vivid enough that i still uh-huh and i've had stuff like did you get goosebumps or anything oh, like yeah I mean, I had all that stuff yeah. man um this is pretty great uh <laughs> but i also had the other side like the like vivid dreams where you know somebody that i cared about who had died i, I talked with them or people that i know and that's sort of the other side of it but i certainly haven't had the kind of stuff we're talking about on this program mm. so there i said it i'm just hey man I'm an armchair expert on this kind of stuff. <laughs> expert?
1: Oh. What about you? Your, your humility is admirable. <laughs> the, um, uh, I've had a couple, not many, like when I've been in full waking state, I've never seen anything like that. But a couple of times I've felt a presence, and mm-hmm. sometimes it was somebody I thought I knew who it was, and sometimes it was just like something spooky okay. and weird that, that sort of rattled me. and yes. I, uh, you know.
0: Good. Okay, so, we, so fringe stuff. Fringe stuff but but stuff nonetheless and i want to hear from all of you because it apparently it's quite common to have had an experience yeah, like that yeah you that's know, right they do these polls and a stuff, lot of so.
1: people report that that's right so
0: i'd love to hear from you ha- have you and and what's a little bit about it all right so ice is broken man i feel like pff, i don't feel any anxiety anymore about this whole show so might as well test me no out No more awkward silence oh yeah for sure okay let's okay. go to part two all right I'm feeling extra spiritual, mm. and I'm not sure. Oh, it could be what do you think partially because we're in the middle. Do
1: sense, like I smell something?
0: I, I just did that, at, that smell, actually, because I, I do like smelling flowers. I do. I was like a, even if, daffodils, even okay. if I'm on air, I'm going to pull it off. We're in a garden, and there's a reason we're in a garden. It's because we're going to be looking at two encounters that Swedenborg had that had to do with gardens. Uh, and Swedenborg's garden was a pretty meaningful place to him, right?
1: It's true. He had been, mo- for most of his life, he was a bachelor and he did not own any property. Okay. Uh, but when he was 55 years old, interestingly, right at the time that he started to have spiritual experiences, he bought this property, just 1.2 acres in Södermalm, this island in Stockholm. And, uh, Sounds like a nice neighborhood. Tra- travel abroad and he got people to design it and yeah. you know landscape it and all that kind of thing. So... That's, so and that's where he lived. Basically, that was his home base for the rest of his life, and where he wrote most of these books. All of
0: these books that we feature on this show yeah. were penned. A lot of them in this little garden. house. Yeah, right? that's
1: right. Right in that summer house yeah. in the garden. That's so
0: right. we so we have two experiences that that come out of this garden here, and positive and negative. We're going to cover uh-huh. both. Yep. Yeah, he
1: had both kinds of experiences with spirits or or what have you in his garden. Yeah, but
0: I'm feeling a little bad because we've probably already lost some people because they're like, wait, 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 what's a, what do you mean had experiences? What is a spiritual experience in the Mm. first place? And we're certainly not going to satisfy uh, a, a skeptic with this, but we are going to give a little framework because last show we spent a good mm. amount of time. Remember, we had this whole metaphor with this bonsai tree where we talked about this is a correspondence. Oh, right. Like the, the, the way a plant is, these flowers, that tree is showing us just that the, there are two worlds and how interconnected they are.
1: Yeah, they connect right there at the ground level, don't they? So the yeah. analogy was that spiritual things are up, up above there yeah. and then earthly things below, including our own mind. Our body, this world, and so on, but they 're connected to each other, and so and the top has to stand on that route they 're yeah. connected
0: and so intimately you know, they 're they're exchanging things all the time, and they 're almost part of a single you know, functioning system and no. it 's not just though these two levels of reality it 's also the the people in them right they 're
1: populated that 's right, so the upper levels there'll be angels, and then in the middle spirits, and yeah. then there are people down here and we're all connected through these correspondences that Swedenborg talks about.
0: And with this much uh, interplay and interchange happening between the worlds, sometimes there's uh, a, connect- well, there's constantly a connection through thoughts and feelings. I mean, Swedenborg's right. model of consciousness asserts that everything that goes on in our minds is, influ- is, is really us Communicating with the spiritual world. That's sort of the basis, the subconscious, if you will. That's
1: right. Whether they know it or not, whether we know it or not, there yeah. is a communication that Swedenborg found that goes in our, in our thinking and feeling. And so different kinds of thoughts and different kinds of feelings attract different kinds of influence.
0: Right. And, and as you might expect, the more negative, superficial, self centered you are, the more you attract that kind of spiritual right. influence, and vice versa. Like, you know, being loving pulls angels around, which is not unreasonable right? right um but what is unreasonable is that you know according to Swedenborg there are times when the spiritual senses like like we have physical senses eyes and, and ears and all that but the spiritual senses open and this is when you get overt spiritual uh-huh. experiences
1: under various different kinds of circumstances uh, yes. may be fairly rare but something leaks through and you actually see you and know, because of or what? hear or feel or whatever
0: yeah that. any of the any of the above and because of Swedenborg's state the state of his sort of spirit-body connection or whatever, those experiences Mm. with him were actually quite common. So we're going to talk about a couple of his stories. And usually, I mean, you know, ghost stories, where do they happen? Abandoned house or cemetery. But he was having these encounters in his garden. In his garden.
1: Yeah, yeah, in his garden. And actually, it seems like the first experience he had of this type in his garden was, was quite Negative.
0: Yeah, and I didn't say this before we started because I didn't know if if you would show up or not and likewise to the audience But we're gonna start with the scary one Mm. because you remember last show was pretty scary and we we did this uh, I don't know if you remember that whoever this actor was just amazing but Depicting Swedenborg had this session where evil spirits were messing with him and troubling him and he had he was seized with all kinds of fear but yet simultaneously shown it's going to be okay. So he's kind of learning yeah. their methods. And he was
1: told that these these spirits were asserting that they had died in that place, uh, you know, yes. and we're, were trying to fill him with horror.
0: And you might think, okay, well, sure, anybody who had an evil spirit encounter, it would be scary. But yes, yeah, Swedenborg asserts that it's actually, it's, it's intentional. That s- evil spirits are not oh. just scary, but they try to scare you. Oh, they try yeah. to? So they they really want to induce fear. It's just like a person who is trying to scare you. It's not just a natural consequence, it's engineered. He talks about it in Spiritual Experiences Mm. 2072. And he says, There was a certain tract of garden, this is in his garden, this is the thing we're talking about, at which spirits had caused me to be frightened because they did not want it to be cultivated.
1: It's a little bit like that teapot (laughs) in the last show, isn't it? Where It's like they have opinions about this stuff that goes on in this world.
0: I wouldn't have called that, you know, that he's saying no, that, that even though the worlds are separate, they can, no, no, don't mess with this particular piece of land.
1: Yeah, and it seems that although he says a certain tract of garden, I think it was before he purchased it, you
0: know, maybe when he okay. was shopping
1: and went and looked at it. Right. And they said, we don't want this cultivated.
0: And they even brought up dreadful thoughts. Although the tract was beautiful, planted with trees. So they're trying to psych him out.
1: And when he says dreadful, we may just say, oh, that was dreadful, you know. No. But I mean, I think he's talking... Like, horrific. terrifying, yeah. horrific right. kind of thoughts.
0: Because he had seen a lot by then. This mental image remained... Just think of somebody just cut into the video right now, and they just see these two guys like reading about <laughs> spirits with a bunch of flowers <laughs> on the it's table.
1: It's just beautiful, isn't it? And what quick th- a great th- show. Click-through
0: rate. This mental image remained for when I portrayed that garden tract by a spiritual... When I portrayed that garden tract by a spiritual mental image two years later, then the spirits who are now around me began to shudder as if they were suffering dreadful thoughts because those dreadful fantasies that had been inspired earlier were being aroused. And so mm. they were being frightened almost beyond endurance. So
1: it seems like this is a second set of spirits. Two years later, he yeah. still has that mental image. Because it's true when you get traumatized or something, sure. you know, when you feel extreme fear, That's right. you're like you drive by that place again and you, you, know, you feel it again. I've even
0: I have had it like a spot on a, a road I go on sometimes where somebody they cut me off really close And I I get nervous when I get into that spot. And so,
1: even just the thought of it and the mental image of it, he brings it up. And these other spirits, who don't even know about the earlier incident, are shuddering and, and going through all this trembling.
0: I therefore depicted to them how the matter stood, and that these were only illusions of evil spirits, who had induced those dreadful things. And being instructed, they began to feel differently. And that horror departed.
1: Now, you see, you might think that because a spirit said something to you, it has to be the truth. I mean, I think some people think that. Well, right?
0: if, if because there's a general pragmatic atheist assumption that, that we, a lot of us just kind of live by, which is like, there's nothing supernatural. So if something supernatural happened, like, and it seemed to have knowledge and intent, of course it knows what it's talking about because yeah. it's supernatural. And you
1: should surrender whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it says to do or whatever it's trying to make you feel. Yeah. You should just go
0: along right. with that. But Swedenborg is saying, that nah, spirits lie all the time.
1: And so he is actually there talking to these spirits and calming them down about it. He says, oh, no, those, those are just illusions brought up by evil spirits. It wasn't that, you know, they were yeah. lying, basically.
0: And he, he's trying to calm other spirits down. Yeah. Are, are you with us? Right. He's trying to calm the other spirits down because they don't know the difference because they're looking not at the garden, but at his memory because yeah. his, his memory is spiritual. And the, and the emotions that, yes.
1: that, that, that came up at that point, even though he knew better you know yeah
0: so the first group of spirits that was instilling that horror mm. they were bad and they were trying to scare him as a as a tool to manipulate him right
1: right but, um, I And they seem to have that goal of like, we don't want this place cultivated. Yeah. We don't want this place getting all, you know, I mean, it was like this before, let's yeah. say, and, and Swedenborg's envisioning this, and they say, I don't, I don't want that. This I can deal with. Yeah.
0: This I love. I, I don't want that. They don't want, like, maybe the peace of mind that it was going to bring, or they just don't like the essence of it, or they knew he was going to rally He had books. some
1: premonition that he was going to call them out. Yeah. Because what did he write? He wrote yeah. about them.
0: Right? And that someday it would lead to an internet show where I have the flowers on the desk, you know? And so they're like, yeah. wait, for the that good amazing. of art, please stop. Um, <laughs> but, and this may seem like it's it's an unnecessary or frivolous question, but what is that the only reason why evil spirits try to be scary? I mean, what, why? I mean, you could guess someone What do they get out of it? Right? Exactly. Like, like yeah. is it just for kicks, or is there something more... Uh, um, directional like a
1: schoolyard bully who just because I'm bigger than you I can you
0: know or something like that well no I think it's more right yeah you know it's great when I pose a question I know I'm gonna be able to answer because we're gonna dive in here a little bit to, to revisit a buddy of ours who's named Jerry Marzinski, and you may have seen him on a number of shows previously. And he has a fascinating story. He's a licensed therapist, or was retired now, working in correctional facilities and state institutions. And he worked a lot with schizophrenic patients, or people who are hearing voices, psychotics. Yes, right, right. So people, and he through just like asking them about their voices and and what, like, what does the voice say when I say this? Like, sort of Mm. checking, like, taking notes on what, what their phenomenon is, mm. that they're experiencing. He came to find a world that he thought really mirrored Swedenborg, and then through a couple other experiences he had, began to think, no, these are actually, these voices that are plaguing these people and ruining their lives, these are these entities. Yeah, These are spirits. And yeah. so, and, but he, he took that information, and through other research and, and again, experience, found that, okay, there's, there's a purpose to the fear, that, and Swedenborg alludes to this a little mm. bit, and Jerry's really fleshed it out. He says, the spirits are trying to induce fear because they get something very particular out of it. So let's, mm. let's hear a little bit yeah. about what he had to say about how they try to induce fear, what they get out of it, and what that means for the rest of us who aren't hearing voices.
2: When I was in the PhD program, I asked the director of the program, I said, where do thoughts come from? And he looked at me like I was a Martian that fell out of a spaceship. He hadn't even thought about it, you know? Now, Swedenborg, on the other hand, was very clear about where thoughts come from. They're not yours, you know, especially these negative ones. And virtually every negative thought about yourself does not belong to you. It's been inserted into your mind, almost like a fishing hook or baited, you know? And if you jump on it and you believe it, it reacts and and injects toxic poisons into your mind, releasing a lot of negative emotional energy, right? And that just starts festering. So, you know, if you, if you realize that you can step back from those thoughts and watch them flow into your head, you can realize for yourself, they're not yours. These are coming from somewhere else. You know, if you adopt these thoughts that come in there as truths, they start festering and they get worse and worse and worse. Right? And, and they, you know, depending on how badly abused in the history of the patient, they, they go from thoughts like we may have to, I mean, nightmarish thoughts that are, are beyond belief. I mean, they might start off saying, you know, you're stupid, you're worthless, nobody cares about you. People are talking behind your black, they're, they're, they're plotting against you, nobody likes you. I mean, these are the, the starters that they, it's almost like priming the engine. If you bite that, then all of a sudden, you know, people are plotting against you, um, they don't like you, uh, Your parents are just faking like they like you. Um, And then it goes, it just keeps going. If you keep buying into it, it gets worse and worse and worse. And and then the fear starts appearing. So it's like false evidence appearing real. What they can do is skew your perception to where when something happens in the environment, you interpret that in the most negative way possible, in the most fearful way possible. So you're sitting at home at night and you hear a noise outside. You know, it's not just the noise outside, suddenly it's somebody stalking you and they're going to break in and they're going to kill you. The, the more control they gain, the more horrible the hallucinations become. So as it progresses, especially if these guys are off meds, they'll see stuff like blood dripping from their walls, three-dimensional shadows walking around the rooms at night with, with it's either lime green eyes or red eyes. And they can walk through walls, monsters appearing in their room. Um... Uh, picture images of, of somebody going to kill them. Um, one schizophrenic, several schizophrenic mothers said, uh, the voices were telling them that they didn't do what they told them to, they would murder their children. And that generated a lot of negative emotional energy from these guys. But it appeared that overall, what these things were doing, were trying to create as much fear, anxiety, and negative emotion as possible. Um, and, and at that point, I wasn't quite sure why, but I noticed that prisoners were telling me that when the voices appeared, their energy levels would drop down to almost nothing, you know, and it was consistent. Every time the voices appeared, their energy levels dropped. Some of them even said, I can feel my energy leaving, but they could not make, and I saw this for years, but they could not make a connection between the voices uh, and, and the, uh, their energy level leaving. And for years, I thought it was because of the constant anxiety and fear that was generated by these voices. And then a series of events happened where I saw very clearly in the maximum security block that that was not the case, that it was not the anxiety, it was not the paranoia that was causing this energy to leave. To leave. It was something else. You know? So it was almost like I was uh, led to read two books by different people. Native American shaman, and both of them were saying these these entities, which matched what I was seeing and what Swedenborg was talking about, are parasitic. They can't they 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 survive off of eating or consuming negative emotional energy. They can't make it themselves, so they have to generate it from us. Which explained why they would keep putting negative stuff in these guys' minds and and doing everything they can to disturb them, and then that energy disappearing. You know, there's a link between schizophrenics and ourselves. I mean, it's a continuum. So we have our own minimal craziness that these things are injecting into our minds, and what we do with it depends on how bad it's going to get. Schizophrenics are the far end of the normal curve, how bad it can possibly get. So we're all under attack by these things all the time. And if you believe what psychiatry and the pharmaceutical industry are telling you—that this is all biochemical uh, stuff, it's—it's it's got nothing to do with any kind of spiritual anything—and we have a drug to fix it—we're being—we're being given a bad bill of goods. You know, this is a spiritual battle. It always has been. You know. People have known this, shamans have known this for tens of thousands of years. These things are attracted to violence and scary movies and, and that kind of stuff. Um, they want that, that negative emotion to be generated.
0: There's a lot of things I wanna talk about based on that. First of all, I mean, the, the story is, is fascinating and obviously we just gave a little snippet of it there, but mm-hmm. on our channel we've explored it quite At at quite a lot of amount of length and we did it through the following shows um, how to deal with evil spirits how to free your mind from hell the lies evil spirits tell us do spirits play a role in addiction all of those exploring heavily Swedenborg's reporting and then Jerry's as well where do they correlate that kind of thing Mm. I want to start talking about the spectrum he described because yes right because even though you can say, "All right, spirits and everything—that's weird. I don't know." That is how thoughts behave. That you get these negative thoughts that are just like the ones he's telling you initially, and then if you start to buy into it, it does go deeper and deeper, and it yeah, does. Yeah, and it definitely—we've all experienced that. Oh right? my gosh! it Definitely, they, there is this tendency, to like interpret the things in the worst way. I can't tell you how many times there's been some kind of event coming up, and there's been this little feeling of like. Am I going to die at this or it's like something yeah? and it never oh, yeah. is and oh, it yeah, never right. is it never is so oh so yeah
1: same so that every time you travel or whatever yeah, exactly yeah, right, right
0: so it's like that happens in the human mind he's providing this explanation for how it goes
1: yeah and the part that was so fascinating to me about that and i think you mentioned it to you mentioned something about it at the top of the show that about the, the, they're actually eating it like it's this negative emotion is a food right that these spirits cannot generate themselves so we're like a farm animal or something you yes. know and they generate they they want to generate this in us and then you know draw it out of us and feed on us and when they do we go to levels of exhaustion i've heard jerry talk before about levels of exhaustion that are far beyond you know what i mean like you you can't even stand up yeah and and i feel like i've i've fe- felt that sometimes you know yeah. like such a severe attack of negative emotion that you can't even get off the couch for 2 hours or something yeah. you know
0: I bet that's how people feel right after watching the show. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not trying to make light of it. I just like if if I ever think of a joke, I'm like gotta, gotta with. go with, but it. it's a That's really right. good point but I think again it's a spectrum like you can go all the way to like this, ama- this huge strain that, that pull, rips your life away which I think you do see in heavy cases of depression and schizophrenia and and, and all the uh, the other associated things but even when you're just in your regular little loops of anxiety how much does that pull out of your ability to do constructive things does it eventually deteriorate yeah, your life
1: d- doesn't everybody experience the fact that those things are a loop like you can get stuck in a little loop of, yeah. of that negativity is something Sometimes I feel like it's just sort of spiraling down, as I may have mentioned in another yeah. show, uh, just gradually, just down, down, down from one point to another point to another. Yes. But, but I'm, I'm going down, I hardly even realize it. Yep. And to realize that, oh, that's something from outside of me, mm-hmm. and it's actually preying on me, it's using me in that situation.
0: For, well, you know, you, like the, the best compass for me on this stuff is like, what's the net impact of uh, adopting these beliefs? And I feel right. like... That predator-prey sort of or ex- exploitative, exploitative uh, dynamic arms me with the right attitude to not worry about negative thoughts anymore. Oh yeah, because, because there's things you can do, right? When I, when, yeah, when I, well, when I feel like, okay, because if I don't, th- if I just think of, of it as, oh, it's me generating these thoughts, or not even that I'm generating them, but I'm just observing reality, and reality is making me feel this way. There's right. no, there, I have no defense against it. I spiral. It, but if I'm feeling like, oh, this not even, for some reason, compartmentalizing the idea of, oh my gosh, the spirit, but just like, okay, so this thing, is, hell is trying to mess with me, and they always try to do this, and I'm, I'm not going to give them the food they want because they're just trying to take my lunch money. That is the right ammunition to reject negative thoughts.
1: Yeah, just even a realization, like so often I can see where I can feel absolutely miserable, I can give you 20 reasons why I feel miserable, Yeah, and yet an hour ago or an hour from now, I'll feel great, and none well, of those circumstances has changed. No, nope, that's that's so you well. Know, so said. how compelling is that uh, explanation?
0: Yes, probably. exactly. Why is this thing front and center right now? Why is mm. it why is it bothering me right now when it didn't before? I, I agree with you totally on that. So what do you do? And, what do you do? And right. not only when you're dealing with regular mind, but what do you do even if you do see a, a scary evil spirit? What do you do? Right. right. They're What's the
1: to, antidote? Or like, is there something like people carry a a pen or
0: something. You yes. Know, if y- what's the pen to an evil spirit attack? Well, yeah. what's the opposite of fear? In some cases, it's humor. Hmm. It's laughter. And we're going to go to our next guest interview. Actually, we pulled it from this show that we did, The Lies, Evil Spirits. Tell us. We interviewed a woman named Sherry Sweeney, and she was telling a story about when um, laughter or or seeing how ridiculous these evil spirits can be changed something from being very scary Mm. to very empowering. So the, the setup is, she was trying to do it you know like people sometimes if like try to do meditations to send positive yeah vibes to something
1: send positive energy or something yeah pray for something and, right. you know
0: we've had people like we're all going to meditate to try to decrease violence or something right. she was she was doing this there was a particular prison that she knew was having a lot of violence and she was trying to send some energy there mm-hmm. you know as an experiment can i can i help mitigate some of the stuff these people are doing right. and as she was doing that the following took place mm.
3: The best I can explain it is there was this energy, there was this presence in my room, in my apartment. And it was very dark and ominous. And so I hollered out to the presence, who are you? Because I I had this feeling, it was so thick that I I just knew that it was something there. Wasn't um, just air, it was some kind of presence. The, The energy just got really, really, really super, super thick. And uh, I, I'm not sure how to explain that because I'm kind of getting out of the the normal English language for description. So I asked the energy, you know, you know whatever you are, show yourself. And uh, it was the most um, it was the most incredible and scary experience that I've I've ever experienced. And um, so what I saw was this mist that appeared like, Like black smoke is the best I can describe it. It was kind of in a funnel shape, you know, like a a tornado kind of a shape. And so I hollered at it to go away. And of course, you know, my heart was beating fast and I was afraid, you know. And and so as I got more fear, this thing started coming closer to me. And in my mind, I'm sensing the, the words coming from... From this uh, being that was saying things like, you know, who do you think you are sending sending energy to that prison? That's that one's mine, you know. And now I'll destroy you. <laughs> and so uh, I can laugh now, but at the moment I wasn't laughing. I mean, I was really afraid. And so, but I still said to myself, and I said out loud, "That's a lie. You don't own anything. You know, you don't have any power over me." But I I was just saying the words, the the feeling wasn't true, because I was still afraid. And so the internal dialogue with me and this entity kind of continued on for a little bit, and the dark entity was saying to me, oh really, you know, it's you that's powerless, Um, you know, it's you that lives in fear and confusion, Um, you know, you're the one that dumped your children, which was a lie. You know, you've got really stupid ideas. You can't solve anything, much less us. And then I I said, you know, that's a lie. You have no power over me. Um, You're not welcome here. And so finally, um, things were starting to gel in my own mind in, in the midst of this fear. And the fear was kind of starting to subside a little bit. Because the entity wasn't actually physically attacking me. And it was just there. And um, the entity went on to tell me, you know, you're stupid, you don't know anything at all, you're just confused, you know, stay away from the prison and I'll, I'll even help you get smart and confident and popular. Well then, <laughs> then I knew, I mean, I knew this, this guy, this, this entity is um, telling all kinds of lies. It's manipulating me. How he said that or how it said that um, somehow struck my funny bone. You know, I'm a Monty Python fan, so I kind of like, I enjoy the the weird kind of insane comedy that they put on. So it struck me in that fashion, and I laughed out loud. I mean, I just, I laughed. And when I did that, all my fear disappeared. And, um... And when I, you know, I I even said, um, you know, very funny, you're an idiot, you're wasting your time here, what a moron you think you you are to have any control over me, and I laughed again. Well, then that cloud disappeared. I mean, it just, poof, vanished. And uh, so that gave me a greater understanding of how to deal with these things. And I started thinking of the biblical phrase that goes something like, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not a religious person, but I had done a lot of studies in the Bible. And uh, so that just popped into my head. And um, when that happened, next thing I sensed was, the, you know, of me saying to the Presence, I send you love. I have no idea why I said that, but it worked. And That entity vanished instantly.
0: So there you have humor being a really effective tool. Mm. And and just not even like humor, like I'm going to tell you a joke, evil spirit, but just finding the thing ridiculous, mocking. uh, And not, not like she didn't intend to do it, but she just suddenly had this moment of clarity like, this guy is blessing. This is absurd. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And, and so you see there, and it's interesting that she says, I'm not a religious person, but this Bible because thing popped yeah. into my head. Right. Because you do get, it does seem like biblical stuff. Not, not exclusively biblical stuff, but that does have some power. Are, are there are a lot of people that report the name of Jesus Christ. Yep. Helps out. Also, the 23rd Psalm. It's a lot, lot of people right. will say repeating that, almost like a mantra, mm-hmm. has a great effect on there. And, um, you know, we're spending a lot of time with talking about this scary stuff, but it's because we're trying to help out. You know, if you are having experiences, we're trying to help. But if you're just struggling with the thought side like the rest of us, we can right. apply these same techniques. You can laugh right. at the train of thought that tries to convince you that you're worthless and life is hopeless.
1: And and can realize that it has an agenda. Like, it was and so amazing in that yep, story. Yep, yep. That the being who was talking to her had a stake in the prison being a, a miserable place.
0: That's, and so yeah. you have
1: no right to interfere here, you know.
0: That's the missing ingredient. Because mm. if you, if the, 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 I feel like the thing Swedenborg taught me that's been the most powerful crowbar in my mind is this idea of stuff has an agenda. Yeah. because without it if you don't know and that's just like how it would be in life if something came up to you and was messing with you but you didn't understand oh they're trying to steal my wallet if you don't understand the motive you don't know why you, you should get push fooled back
1: by it. yeah that's right
0: so we we mm. have a couple of more sh- uh pieces of video that might be helpful to you we did a short video called how to detach from fear mm. which is a way to calm the fear down since fear is this leverage point point. and also about 450 years ago i did a, a little speech here i watched it i, I look quite different in it that, called The Fear Eater, Why Life Isn't As Fun As It Should Be. And it was based on some of this Jerry Marzinski-Swedenborg stuff that I've been finding out. Mm. But that said, let's get out of the negative. Let's go, let's so find that was something the negative. Happy. Yeah, it was Fine. all negative. All
1: triggered by Swedenborg yes. and scary spirits in the garden trying to persuade him not to cultivate it. Exactly. Which is kind of like, hey, don't clean up the prison or something, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Don't clean mm. it up.
0: But that's not how it was supposed to be. With this spiritual and physical right. world, that tree we're showing—it was supposed to be a happy, functional tree—and we're mm-hmm. going to go now to a couple of quotes that Swedenborg gave about positive gardening-related spiritual experiences. So this is the first one from Spiritual Experiences four three nine nine. By experiences, I have been instructed that good spirits and angels are not only present with human beings—that feels better. That's like nice. That. Yeah. But even reside in their feelings. In their feelings. Wow. We're getting crazy again, but to the other direction. For every feeling has great extension, meaning, you know, can, like a... Like it radiates out. It kind of is a thing plane. It somehow can be inhabited. Y- yeah, yeah. It's, it's roomy enough roomy, that they can that's fit it. in there. Yeah, and because the right. ultimate plane is with human beings and their feelings, therefore... The, this happens when, I was just pausing for dramatic effect. This happens when the (laughs) Lord enlivens. It wasn't
1: an awkward silence.
0: (laughs) That's that uh, icebreaker. This happens when the Lord enlivens and then arranges them, just as good spirits are in the affection for gardening, where they have little abodes. So gardeners, one point for you, Swedenborg is saying, not just that good spirits can like a garden, but in your, the love you have for tending and making a garden, that can be like a little spiritual home for something
1: good. So many people feel so good, like after a few hours spent in the garden, you just like your your thoughts aren't as sort of crazy and you feel sort of more mellow and... Yeah. Right? right. And
0: so let's go farther into Swedenborg describing this, the dwelling of spirits in the good affections, and that will go along with this beautiful arch imagery we have behind us. This is SE, Spiritual Experiences 4142. Sometimes, while sleeping, I have observed in my own garden... He's, while, sleeping.
1: Where he's uh, he, while he's sleeping. It's he multitasking. Yeah.
0: But that means he's in sort of sleeping and in the spirit now. Right, right. In my own garden, several abodes of laborers. Laborers? With arched stone entrances at ground level and neatly constructed rooms within. I was surprised that they were there in the garden without my knowing it. People
1: living in... I mean, basically, he was living there alone. He
0: had a, he yes. had
1: a, a gardener and a cook and so on. And right. Lived with them, but, but,
0: yeah. Similarly, there were abodes also at a second height to Hmm. which one had to ascend by ladders, and at a third where there were shepherds, meadows, and groves. Shepherds. And I'm sure that's symbolic, the the different levels, and at the top one has shepherds. Right,
1: a multi-leveled garden. Natural,
0: spiritual, celestial, Hmm. or heavenly. Last night also I dreamt vividly that there was an abode at the ground level in the garden. With a room that I saw, and I spoke in the dream with him who dwelt there. Hmm. When I awoke, I... So this is the difference. So he could just be reporting a dream like we report a dream, right? right? But then he says, when I awoke, I spoke with them. So they are real ah. they're spirits that he can then talk to once he wakes up. Right. Who replied as if in their sleep. Near the ground there were workers with whom there was a... discussion." discussion about a census. This is the Journal of spiritual. These are Swedenborg's notes to himself that we're <laughs> prying into. So there's all right. kinds of like stream of and consciousness you wonder if the stuff. census
1: is just like, how many people live in this garden anyway?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's positive. It's, it's something comforting and beautiful and, and almost like fairy-like. And good, good spirits yeah. and, and labor, you know, people who are working and right. getting cultivation done. And, and, and that's the orderly way. Good spirits and angels are supposed to connect to our good feelings it
1: strikes me that it may be that those evil spirits earlier on in the show who didn't want him to cultivate that space oh. were ver- upset about the very fact that these other types were coming in there like, and who love hey go, let's get yeah, to work i love this you there know goes let's, the let's neighborhood. work the garden and everything
0: yeah that's right I- so f- f- we're going to hit you with one more quote and this one has some baggage with it because Swedenborg uses the term medium in it.
1: Oh, but he means something a little different, doesn't
0: he? These days you mean medium means like a human being who can channel, channel spirits or something like but that. But he's using it meaning a spirit who is sort of a, an ambassador for a whole society of spirits?
1: Oh, like what you might call an
0: intermediary or something like yes. that. Yes, yeah, he says right. this is a way the societies communicate with each other, and this is these are in this case good societies. Mm. So, okay. we talked about that whole idea of Swedenborg's mediumship uh, in this spiritual questions answered: mediums, narcissist, and absolute truth episode. You can <laughs> check that out. Hey, look at those good, nice good, people. Good title there. <laughs> yep. Um, in so. In this quote, we're talking about your positive mediums and how they connect these groups. So okay. this is Spiritual Experiences 4271. The title is in bold. Good spirits and angels even more delight in being with a person on earth who is caring.
1: Ah, so angels like it even better than good spirits do. Right. They delight in being with a person on earth who is caring. They just love hanging like around. A, a loving, kindly yes. person. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. There are spirits with a person on earth, also angels, good spirits with those who are caring. Which spirits are mediums? Of many societies.
1: Oh, so you might have just a few of these spirits, but they're connected to a
0: whole host of other yes. good, like good I, folks up there. I represent these people. Yeah, the right. things that stream from the angels are received according to the person's quality or love. Isn't that sort of
1: basic downtown Swedenborg right there?
0: Yes. Like there's all this stuff coming in, but depending on who we are, we see them, we receive them differently. Yeah. When he or she is imbued with charity or love, life with the angels is joyful and delightful, for they have a connection with the mental imagery of the person's memory for they are grounded in it.
1: Yeah, there was something about that in the ghost show too, about connecting with Swedenborg's mental imagery of objects in his room and so on. Yep, That seems to be a point of connection. So I see the flower and then there's a mental image about the flower and then somebody's connecting with that mental image. And in
0: this sense, in a good way, this is a a connection you very much want to have. Right, that's right. Therefore, angels and spirits can have a joyful life there. It is different Mm -hmm. with an evil person because the receiving vessels are contrary into which good things can indeed flow through the angels, but are corrupted, so that they cannot stay there on account of the repugnances that are sensed.
1: (laughs) Well, it'd be nice to be that kind of garden where the evil spirits don't want to be, because it's it's repugnant, you know.
0: Yeah, there you go. So you can cultivate the garden of your mind, get the right kind of spirits and angels to move in, and life is good. So the takeaway is Mm. that it's not as scary as you think. The evil stuff The the evil spirits aren't as powerful as they are. The concepts that are terrorizing you are false. There are tools that you can use. And there's good out there too, and more more good than bad in the end. Mm -hmm. All right. So hope that was the weirdest section maybe we've ever done of any show. If you take it all in composite, so hopefully you got some questions from that. If so, you're in luck because we're going to do our live. We
1: enjoyed the flowers or something, but
0: we're going to do our live Q&A right now. surprise we have a special guest with us cara dom is here latin consultant for the new century edition thanks so much Cara, for stopping in certainly
4: certainly and
0: whoever cleared these flowers off did a great job as well i don't know if you know them or whatever but what we're going to do now uh with all with all three of our useful
1: laborer oh man Mm
0: -hmm. oh man so maybe that third level laborer (laughs) that's right well, with all of our powers combined, we're going to try our best to like respond to what hopefully is mm. a bunch of puzzled people after the previous section. So we'll That's see right. what they've got going on. And uh, if you're in the chat room, get your questions in now because we, we actually are getting questions from you at this moment. And to prove it, here's our first one. This is Mary Richards who asks, What happens when these evil spirits do not get fed? So we were talking before about um, how evil spirits kind of... Hang around people to try to get them to be fearful mm-hmm. in a certain way What happens if they don't get a rise out of us? What happens if we don't do what they they want? You know you guys have any thoughts on that?
4: My first thought is that they disappear. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean um, the It's not feeding them just not feeding them is not quite the same as saying I see you get out of here Yeah, but um I guess another possibility is that they would keep at you for a while. Right. Um, well, but I think recognizing about recognizing them yeah. seems to be the most powerful thing.
0: Sure. Right. I, I think about there was a cat that lived around our house uh, when I was younger, and as soon as we fed it, it was, it was there. Yours. But yeah. but if you go a long time with no food, eventually, like wait, there's there's no food here. So I, but I like how you made that distinction between like that sort of level one. Um, making yourself not worth it to come around to is you don't feed. Level 2 is like I'm calling the cops when you show up, mm-hmm, you know, or animal mm-hmm. control. Yeah. But no, not that we would do that to that poor cat. Okay.
1: And, and Swedenborg talks about um, that there are these cavernous workhouses he talks about and he says uh, that evil spirits are driven in there by their hunger and if they don't work they don't oh, eat. Oh, yeah. So I think if they're not eating us there's, there still is food for them eating our negative emotions, you know, there yeah. still is food, but they get that food out of actually the satisfaction of doing some work in these places. So There's some sort of food and they're driven there by so their hunger. So if
0: they can't rip you off, they have to go get a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There we go. That's awesome. Okay. So, Mary, thanks so much for the question. There's our Swedenborgian answer. Excellent, everyone. Let's, let's look at the next one. This is from Zeke. He asks, I've never understood why spiritually was made so complex. Why not just simplify I think we as humans like to overanalyze and that's cool I guess if it brings you happiness but I like simple and I would add um, that I love it when you come to something simple out of complex elements Mm -hmm. because life is unavoidably complex I mean like there's so much to it just like having a body you've got not just arms but ten fingers on each hand and you've got all your different senses just navigating and moving around is using all these elements but the actual walking across the room feels like it's like one thing. So how do we take all this? One thought that makes me think of is how do we take all of this spiritual stuff we learn and turn it? Into, if it, if we were to turn all Swedenborg stuff into one thing, you know, what would that be? Or what what, what would that you know what what sorts of things are the core of it? You know.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that occurs to me is love. I like um, it. Yeah. And after being a Swedenborgian for 59 years, it took me about 59 years to get <laughs> to the simplicity of the way Swedenborg lays out those loves. Love of the Lord, love of the neighbor, love of worldliness, or love you know, for ourselves alone, that kind yeah. of thing. And that simple, like, four bullet points thing is so cool if you can just hang on to that. It gets you through yeah. a lot of sort of mess in your mind if you can use that to help analyze what's going on that's awesome
0: Mm. absolutely jonathan
1: (coughs) well i have a weird analogy uh which is that um in music in the high notes uh, you can play a lot of notes together you can make all these complicated chords with flat ninths and you know and all these complicated i'll take your word for it but (laughs) in the in the left hand on a piano or the low notes you can't do chords. You can't play notes that are close together. Mm. Basically, you just play one root note. Okay. I think that image of the high notes is like, true. I think truth is complex. Yeah. I think it has many, many different facets, and it really covers all of reality. But I think love is very simple, it, and it's like mm. those notes in the left hand. You know, just no. There's just one note. There's just one bass note. Yeah. Most of the time, bass players are just playing one note. You know. Yeah. And, and they shift to a different note with a different chord. But it's like that one root that holds everything together, and so I think love is the simplicity, as Cara so eloquently said. You know, it, it that's when you move. F- we start out in truth for a long time, but when you get to love, mm. it, it gets simple. And I th- I've been thinking lately about how love is the same. I think for everybody on all, under all circumstances. You know what I mean? There's a similarity I mean, of love. It's a unifying thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh, and I think about so. Yeah, the, the Swedenborg path. It's got all these all these like facts in it or, or thoughts or ideas but trying to like l- some of them don't seem like how do you live by that but trying and trying to keep them all in your mind at once seems to me impossible I do agree that car like like you said car grab onto like one or something that is this is really livable and then i find if i just load my mind with the other ones like the stuff we've been talking about in this show about the nature of how evil spirits behave mm. you know it, when I, I know that okay the basic principle and in the right situation sometimes these little ones will just I'll remember them and that just gives me this extra leverage. It's like the pulling is the love, but this all this true stuff is where you put your fingers to get the maximum mm-hmm. grip or something like that. Yeah,
1: and that biblical phrase yay, yay, nay, nay, you know mm-hmm. uh, which I think really at the heart, that's what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. Is like, hey, If something's coming into your presence and trying to terrify you or beating you up in your thoughts or whatever it is, nay, nay, you know, (laughs) if it's something loving and constructive or whatever, yay, yay. And that's really all you need to know. It becomes that simple.
0: Very good. All right. Cool. Zeke, hopefully that's uh, interesting at some level. Okay. (laughs) So let's take a look at our next uh, lovely question. This is from John May. He says, How does I think therefore I am equate with regard to spiritual influences? Mm. Who or what is thinking? How is it that I think? Which is, is a serious question with Swedenborg because he sure does um, think that it's important to know who's doing what, right? Uh, wh- how, how does that strike you guys?
1: Jonathan? I just love that. This is such a great question. Yeah, because uh, Swedenborg does sort of cause you to question that idea. Yeah. Of, you're like, I get what was being said there, that because you experience thought, you know that you exist. You know, there was a whole debate about how do I know what reality is? Mm. How do I know? I mean, my senses could be lying to me. Maybe there's no, no other people sitting beside me or something yes. like that. But the fact that I think is some evidence that something's going on.
0: And YouTube's analytics could be lying. We could think there's a whole audience watching <laughs> this, but there's not. And and that's, we're just right. Gonna s- the that's right.
1: We're, we're happier not knowing. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> but the um, Swedenborg casts doubt on like where that's coming from. He even says sometimes that there are tens of thousands of angels that participate in every thought that we have. Yeah. And yet... Uh, I'll have Jonathan thoughts. You have Kara thoughts. You have Curtis thoughts. Sometimes we do have different. uh, You know, we have our nature reflects in different ways in the way that we that we think. But I just want to celebrate the question. I thought that was a great question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: I I I've struggled with that myself. It's just uh, who am I? What is my identity? And at one point, I just got it down to that it's my power of choice because I can say no thanks to those thoughts, or sure, I'll hang on to these thoughts, but um, it's a good one, Yeah, I, I don't.
0: Well, so it's, it's this interesting um, dynamic where Swedenborg is both saying, like there's a lot less self than we think there is, but on the other hand, everybody, he, he stresses over and over, everybody's unique and you can never have two people who are the same no. to eternity. That's so right. you think about, the com- so if we're all unique, we think of how many unique parts we must have in order for there to be currently 6 billion people, no, 8 billion people on the planet, and none of them are the same. So it can't just be a human being that has four characteristics because right. then they don't... So how many do we have? But the fact that we're not the same as anybody who's ever been in history, you know, our spirit, and then everyone who's yet to come, so that we must be infinitely, complexly unique, right? So right. It's, this, it's this weird... And and that even though he makes this other astonishing claim that the more angelic you become, the more individual you feel, even though mm-hmm. you know God is the one my life is coming out of, um, that the, you feel more yeah. and more like I'm the source That's of right. life. And this whole, my final rant about this is, <laughs> this whole setup with spiritual influence and angels. this is not how it was originally designed. Uh, if I, if I, I'm right. reading right.
1: There was a general influx before. It right, used to right. be
0: like, God, it was God straight to us. Right. You know, that that's how it worked. Right. But because humanity got messed up and all obsessed with materialism and selfishness, mm. that's why this is sort of duct tape to do this, like thinking from others. So, so, I mean, maybe we're getting back there and that feels like, okay, I could see that it's God into me and I'm, you know, a, a little stream of God but I'm myself but my life that, that seems less like I'm erased than something else so
1: yeah and I would just add one hmm. additional thought if I may that um, I think Swedenborg to the idea I think therefore I am he would say I love mm. therefore I think Oh yeah. Like there's something primary mm. to thought. That sort that's of nice. privileges thought at the heart of everything. Yeah. But he said, "Oh no, your thoughts are just I mean, look at it. If you have no affection for something, can you right. even think about it or something?" So
4: Yeah. And well. al- yeah, and also he'd say, "I love and that's who I am." Mhm. Yes.
1: Right. Right. Yes. <laughs>
0: right. Love is our life. Yes.
1: Right. 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 And yeah. everyone's love is
0: well, unique. I'm yeah. glad we went on that that's good. little like little kick at the end because I think that's really important that Right, it's not the thought that defines, according to Swedenborg, and this was a big shock to him because he was a big thinker. Yeah, a big thinker. <laughs> but he's like, he's like wrong. It, like, and the core of who we are, maybe this uniqueness really lies in the way we love, not just the way we love people, but the way we love, the, I- the way we feel about the ideas that come into us is uniquely us yeah, and, and sort and of informs our passions actions.
1: Passions for a certain sort of usefulness or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm. Well, hey, man, money's worth on that one. Thanks so much, Zeke, for, <laughs> for starting that up. Well, let's do one more before we go here. Okay, this is Karna Elohim asks. How do evil spirits have access to our minds? And this is oh well. How do they? I don't want to. I don't want to explain it. You guys explain it. So what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Karna's what is Karna's. it? And and <laughs> do it without using inherited evil. Just kidding.
4: <laughs> 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 um, somebody else got to kick this one off. Sorry guys. Sure.
0: No. I well. I I was dr- so. I guess the reason I say inherited evil is there's a couple ways you could take this, how do evil spirits have access to our minds. Um, The one that Swedenborg gives as to why we are in proximity to evil spirits in the first place is that (coughs) I love, therefore, I think, or I love, therefore, I am. We are naturally born with inclinations to love harmful Mm -hmm. things. And it's not like we are all out there looking like creatures from horror movies, but just, just a simple act of like, Well, he left, and there's his cake. You know, like I, I want this thing. That's and and like I enjoy everyone thinking I'm cooler than this person. That's that's the kind of stuff that attracts evil spirits. So stuff, ego stuff that we would consider normal is this attractant. Uh, And and the 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 point of regeneration and rebirth is to shed that stuff and kind of cut this this access off more and more.
1: Mm. And uh, yes, go.
4: Okay. I just had another thought that how do they have access to our minds? The whole thing about spiritual freedom, which which oh, yeah. says is the lo- the Lord loves that more than anything, like the mm. apple of His eye, He guides our spiritual, our our guards our spiritual freedom above everything else. So because He would. Just have us all love everybody and love everything good and love the God and love heaven But he actually wants us to be free to opt in or not. Yeah, so so there's that balance So we have to have access to the evil side So that we can choose we get to put it in a balance and choose
0: yeah, yeah, like your freedom to eat ice cream or um, cake, but I'm going to lock the cake in a chest and you're never going to get it.
4: You know? <laughs> right, right. I, I
0: totally, yeah, yeah. And
1: my, my answer would be that it just seems to be built in, like such a mind-boggling thing that Swedenborg says, is that our minds are actually non-physical. They may
2: mm.
1: attach to a physical brain, a brain. but the mind is non, non-physical, I like that word extension in one of those quotes yep. tonight. And that our minds live in the spiritual world. So in a certain way, there's no way to prevent, you know, like it's built in. Our minds live where evil spirits mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. and where good spirits mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So the connection with spirits is part of the whole mechanism. You. And that's how we have human thoughts and human feelings is through this connection with the spiritual world. And as you say, because of, uh, you know, hereditary evil and, and, and free choice and so on. Uh, we have to have access to that as well as the other, and yeah. then, we, then we can make a choice.
0: It's kind of like, uh, why, why do um, scammers have access to our credit cards? Because we're, we're just using the same systems that they prowl on. Yes. You know? And so this is this thing. Right. So, so the, the whole how annoying it is to have to shut down a credit card and all that is just because there's people who are jerks you know, or, or whatever pushed into it. Maybe somebody has a good reason to do it. But, but and, and we all, everybody pays a price for that. You know, yeah. and it's kind of the and same we don't thing. don't just
1: have cash under the mattress or something. That's like, right. If we're going to be online. Right. right.
0: So, so, same thing with, because a lot of people are loving evil and hanging on to it and being predatory, we all kind of have this, this problem. So, there's a lot of different ways to answer that. And we did them all.
4: Yes. All <laughs> Every single one. All
0: right it's, right. it's so fun getting to hear what's on all of your minds, and we're going to just keep the ball rolling, because remember in the beginning, we were all answer this question, answer our oh, ice, right. icebreaker question. I remember We that. are now going to get to what you answered mm. in our final section. Oh. All right. So... We, got ma- I mean, we, we have made a solemn promise that we would hear what, what everybody had to say. So let's, let's see. The question again, in case everybody forgot it, is have you had a time when you saw a ghost or felt consciously visited by a spirit? What was it like? Mm. And so I gave a sort of a lame answer to it, but let's see what everybody else gave. This is the results are in. Okay, so it <clears throat> looks like we got some stories. A few days after my beloved sister died, I was alone at home in the bath and heard seven loud knocks from the basement. Oh, wow. And I wonder if that's, that well, number has significance. Oh, yeah. yes, it cannot be mistaken for anything else. It is a shiver coming from deep inside. Mm. That's
1: a good way to put it.
0: There's a heaviness and a change in the energy in the room. Mm, nice. A ghost levitated me once and then ran scared when I said the name of Jesus. So yeah, that, that's, that's another one on the that list. That thing of, popping yeah, up. that's right. Okay, so then... Our apartment is haunted. I have seen him we just call call him the dude. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, the dude the dude abides. A yeah, year yeah. a year after my mom died I felt her hug me on my birthday. Oh, and I think that's, nice. that's that's common to, to like yeah you, somebody you love you feel. And interesting for me.
1: how it'll be an anniversary like like they've got yeah. a calendar up there. Or that's right. You know? <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah. Or, or that you're thinking about it more. That. Mm. I know, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have that feeling I'm being watched. Then I try to see with my eyes. Right. So you get yeah, this see wait, Something's right. going yeah, on. Yeah. So that's that sort of
1: tingly feeling. Like what's what's up? Yep.
0: Yeah. Got a visit from my daughter in a dream. But I guess that is different than a ghost. Mm. But still, like there's some dreams that you feel like. Something's going on. No, and it, definitely. We dream all the time and we know when we wake up and we're like, there's something different Wait a minute. in yeah, the quality I was
1: actually communicating
0: yeah. with somebody. Um, no ghosts or aliens, but I'm open to both. <laughs> okay, so there's <laughs> an advertisement. Um I do always hope that I see a UFO. When I've, I don't feel I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen. Right. When I'm driving this night, there's always a part of me that's like, come on, let's just see like oh. a really blatant Is that one right there? UFO. Yep. Yep. I heard a hello in my left ear, turned around, and no one was there. I left the house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, Interesting. Saw mm. my grandfather in a dream. It was so real and calm. and mm. Cool. Felt it never I like spooky. Word, calm there. That's yep. Good. It's not all bad. No, you know? no. Felt it never spooky. Bed squeaks as if someone is sitting on it or floors will creak. Mm. That's right. I was visited by spirits. I had contact and conversation. That's why Swedenborg is important for me. So I understand that I am not going nuts. That's right. Mm. I feel acceptance and love of this worldview. Mm. Amen. So Great. if it's the truth, you know, like, you know, isn't all of what we're discovering in life is like people need to have their experiences heard of all kinds and the people That's need right. to be if something's true they need to be validated yeah so the next thing i was staying at a relative's house in south carolina it was an old confederate mansion mm-hmm. i was particularly upset about something and had been crying then i saw this green orb and it comforted me hmm. interesting yeah. yes sometimes they sp- and you think an orb would be scary but something that, you know it can have a very particular a calming feeling feeling yeah, yeah. Then the
1: feeling is such a crucial piece of it
0: yes sometimes they speak directly in our ears i heard I don't like you hmm. i was like hmm that was not me but i was not scared <laughs> i was in my room it's my place the ghost has to go right that's right that's, that's Territory a very, thing. very right. uh yeah like hey i know what i'll say it, to now this that's
1: p- more transparent than they often are just yeah. say, i don't like you just yeah stay, that's yeah. right
0: right right not you don't like yourself right um, i saw my grandfather's face which was like a big screen while i was talking about him with my aunt mm. hmm. when my oh. father died i walked into my mom's kitchen and i felt my father's presence but i could not see him nice yeah it's one and i think this is the last one i heard footsteps going up the stairs and stopping on the top level along with my dog growling at the mm. same time it hit the top step it didn't make any noise after that it was my girlfriend's house so oh, that's something memorable i don't know if and it, the
1: dog is seems to be reacting right too. right yeah, right which is a whole another really uh,
0: investigation i don't know if it was a spirit but when my good friend died i saw a light hit the wall and then left mm. Mm. I've had many experiences. Anytime I'm ever afraid, I picture Jesus in my mind and remember. He is with me at all times. I recommend the Lord's Prayer to people at times. They feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good mm-hmm. recommendation. Too. Hey, and that's what we want to do, because recommendations, people pick something up that's helpful to them, or they want to share, they want to be heard. Or, and this person saying, hey, this is happening to me in my life. Hearing Swedenborg describe it is making me feel like, mm. okay, I'm a legitimate Thing. So that's important yes, that's another yeah. aspect of this yeah, doing this show. Right. And you know I'm always trying to find reasons to justify us doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> it, whether or not we've come up with them, yeah, I want to say this, I want to say thanks so much to both of you. No for hanging out. Thank you uh, to the whole audience. If you want to help our show out, please like and subscribe. It's a harmless little thing that lets YouTube know that no there is a point to the show. And then if you want to support <laughs> us, we're a nonprofit. If you want to make it so we can do programs like this, consider joining us on Patreon. Right now we have this really exciting thing where we got this generous grant from a foundation that allows us to match at five to one mm. any Ooh. new donations to Patreon. So if you're wow, not on and cool. you join, F- Swedenborg Foundation gets five times that money. Or if you're on and you increase your donation just a little bit, it'll go five times as far. Whoa. That will help us do stuff like buy flowers for this <laughs> show. <No>. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Think those were donations. Those are some but nice. flowers. They are nice flowers. Um, so ne- that's that's our show. Next week we'll be back. We're doing this this um, you know uh, fluctuation between our pre-recorded high-density show and then the live sort of processed show. So next week, we'll be back with a pre-recorded show. Same time, and we're going to be looking at overcoming divisiveness. Argument. How do we disagree while staying civil? Mm. A good topic for The Times. And believe it or not, there's a lot of spiritual commentary on it. So hope to see y'all there, and have a great week.
2: Swedenborg
4: and Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keyes, Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner,
2: Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan.